2: And welcome back, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and yes, we're still in the X-Zone, coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, worldwide, toll-free 1-800-610-7035. Email X-Zone at x On MSN Messenger, x TV at com, And our website, dot com. You know, you go to restaurants today, you don't see families sitting down having conversations you see four to six people texting. You go on the bus, people are texting. You're walking in a shopping center, people are walking into you because people are texting. What is this world coming to? Do we really need to text in order to communicate? Well, not only are they some of the questions that we ask ourselves, but an awareness has to be brought that 15 million kids are cyberbullied each and every year. And my guest this hour is going to be telling us how social media can stop it. My guest this hour at Exxon Nation is Sean Edgington. She is the founder of the Great American No Bull Challenge and the Cyber Safety Academy. Uh, let's see, it's C- she's the CEO of a national insurance firm and author of the best-selling book, The Parent's Guide to Texting. Facebook, and social media. Joining me now from her home in Northern California is Sean Edgington. And Sean, welcome to the X Zone.
0: Oh, thanks for having me, Rob.
2: You know, my hat goes off to you because, you know, this is a major problem that people really don't bring to the forefront of bullying. We hear about bullying in schools with the the big guys, you know, taking lunch money and so on and so forth. But cyberbullying... Is kind of kept in the background and I was wondering if you could tell me why this is
0: well I think really if you were to go to any school and talk to them and ask Mm -hmm. them what their three biggest issues are today they're gonna they are gonna say that bullying and of course now bullying today is includes technology the use of technology and it's one of the biggest problems and for some reason as as, as us adults, we just never thought it was that big of a deal, even when it was happening to us when we were younger, mm-hmm. because we kind of, it was almost like it was a right of passage. We Everyone yeah. pretty much got bullied, and, and we knew how to get away from it, and, you know, I knew how to get away from my bully. I mean, yeah. she was on my bus, so, you know, I could avoid the bus or, you know, um, get off before her or what have you. So, um, you know, things are different now with um, technology and, you know, like you said kids are you know they're on their mm-hmm. cell phone now whether they're texting now they're on Facebook they're you know they're tweeting they are com- they are constantly connected 24/7 and so if someone has got it out for your child um like they actually did have it out for my daughter um it's easy for them to do it 24/7 wow. you know every minute of the day and it doesn't stop from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to bed
2: do you think that uh, that uh, that um Texting and and cell phones should actually be allowed in the schools?
0: You know, I do. I am a huge proponent of technology. Mm -hmm. I believe that, you know, for the most of us, we all use technology.
2: Responsibly. um,
0: For the positive, Mm -hmm. right? And responsibly, correct. And we use it to benefit our, you know, we do research or we communicate uh, more often. And, you know, it is unfortunate that... You know, some people use it to target, you know, their, um, you know, whoever it is that they don't, they they fall out of favor with that mm-hmm. day or that week or that month. And really, my goal is to help our youth really learn how to deal with that. Because the problem is, is that it is pretty new and we're not, we have yet to teach it in our schools how to, you know, how to, how to defend yourself sure. or and how to um, prevent it from happening and also what to do when it is happening. What are the steps to take? And so... You know that's my goal with the Great American Noble Challenge is really a youth a youth led uh, movement so that they become really aware that they do have choices and options and that they've got to stick up for their peers.
2: All right, we've got to take happen- a commercial break. Please stand by. Yep. Exxon Nation, our guest this hour is Sean Edgington. Here's a couple of websites: www.noblechallenge.org and www.seanedgington.com. And we'll be back on the other side talking about the Great American Noble Challenge here on the Exxon as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. We'll be back in two. We're talking about texting uh, this hour. Excellent nation. Our guest is uh, Sean Edgington. We're talking about the Noble challenge, the great American Noble challenge. And before we get back to Sean, I would just like to uh, say that, you know, texting is even part of uh, the media these days, because uh, during the X factor, they were actually getting people to text in their messages on who their favorite judges and so on and so forth. And I, you know, I kind of laughed yesterday when I found out that Simon Cowell had fired uh, Nicole, Paula Abdul, and, uh, and Steve Jones. I never could realize, I never could understand what he was doing there. I, nobody ever knew who he was. Paula Abdul, what was she doing there in the first place? And I think the only reason uh, Simon got rid of Nicole was because she was uh, keeping him a little bit too honest for his life. But anyway, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, but really, the kicker was... That um, the uh, the X Factor only only got to the highest point of 12.2 million viewers at the peak of their broadcast to last year or last season, whereas American Idol slam basted them on their very first show this year. So there you go. It's all a, it's all a matter of numbers. But let's get back to the issue at hand: texting. All right. First of all, Sean, what is the Great American Noble Challenge?
0: Yes, yeah, so the Great American Noble Challenge is the largest student-led campaign to fight bullying and cyberbullying um, in America this year and next year is going to be global. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, Canada, um, next year it's your turn. Um, and the annual campaign really inspires America's 25 million teens to stand up and come together to eliminate bullying from their lives. And they're going to do this by creating uh, videos, um, two to five minute videos geared with an anti-bullying message. So mm-hmm. You know, and while they're creating these videos, they get to learn, you know, what, what cyberbullying is, what effects it has on it, because they have to learn in order cr- to create a video. Mm-hmm. And it's a competition, a really big competition, where um, students will be, you know, competing for $25,000 is just the first prize, first first level prize including a trip to Sundance Film Festival, and their video is going to be submitted to Sundance Film Festival. So, I mean, iPads, laptops, scholarships, um, the school gets an anonymous text-to-tip program, which, by the way, um, one of our sponsors up there, Guest Assist Campus, has actually got a big Canada presence. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, what they do is they um, they help schools provide tools to their students so that if they have a friend in need or that needs support, they can anonymously text a message into administration, you know, hey, my friend's drinking, doing drugs, getting bullied, you know, they're talking about suicide, whatever it is. It's just a great tool for kids because let's face it, they're all texting. All the time, and so it's easy for them to reach out and mm-hmm. ask for help anonymously as well.
2: Well, you know, you so. know why? Why are we looking at this this texting as as such a such a phenomenal thing? When when I was going to school, we didn't have these electronic gizmos. If we needed to make a phone call, you had to wait till recess or after school, and you carried a dime with you.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, you know, oh. things have changed, and you know we have eight hundred million users on Facebook, too. Mm-hmm. And what was Facebook seven years ago? You know it was a it was an experiment in a dorm, Sure. So, but
2: we also I mean, have we also have to ask ourselves if Facebook really is necessary. I don't think it is.
0: Well, define necessary. <laughs> well, what is if the... You're talk, what if you're is talking the, about, to what is a 15-year-old child, they're going to say it's necessary.
2: Well, all right, it depends on who you ask. All right, but what is the main use that the kids use Facebook for, or texting, to communicate when they should be learning, where they should yeah. be paying attention in class? And I applaud the schools that put bans on cell phones and texting equipment during class.
0: Well, yeah, they're not... No, school, no schools allow their children to their students to text and use Facebook during mm-hmm. class for the most part, unless it's like a video class sure. something that where they're using the mode of technology within the, you know, subject matter. But for the most part, they're not allowed to do that. But, you know, unfortunately they're so good at texting and and, you know, Facebooking, they can do it in their they can do it pretty much blindfolded in their jacket pocket. All right, so, so how
2: how do you think this this challenge is actually going to change the bullying?
0: Well what we're doing is we're secretly educating our students on the repercussions of bullying and it's the long-term social and mental you know effects that kids are going through as a result now some kids take it to the far extreme and they attempt suicide or they commit suicide and and we're hoping to get to the to the kids especially the ones that deal with have dealt with a serious bullying situation and no one see what happens rob is that when you're getting bullied on facebook mm-hmm. It's pretty bad because you could have five hundred, a thousand people witnessing it sure. day in and day out. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so pretty soon what happens is is, you know, kids start to think, you know what? Maybe I you know, maybe I should listen to this person who's telling me that I don't deserve to live and that I'm just ugly and that I'm, you know, every bad name in the book and why should I continue on? What's you know, what's what's my existence worth? And so what happens is is when you see these things over and over and over again, I mean you're in media. When things are written down, it's different than when it's said out loud. And you know when mm, people start seeing things written wait down, a sec, they start it's true. Wait a sec,
2: wait true. a sec, wait a sec, wait a sec. In my book, the internet is the biggest septic receptacle ever created by mankind.
0: Yep, yep. I mean, it definitely, yeah. definitely. So is, I don't take you know it I take very
2: little of what I see on the internet at face value, face value, unless it's from a credible source.
0: Yeah, but you're an adult, and you and you have that. You know, you have that. You, just, you have the experience behind you, and teens mm-hmm. just don't have that yet. They don't have that wherewithal and that maturity yet to go, you know what? This isn't even true. It's—it's it's So what if it's on the internet? It doesn't matter. Well, it they is, believe everything they see.
2: Well, isn't that the responsibility of the parent to make sure Absolutely. the child knows what they're like. doing before they're allowed to? You know, like to me, this is another electronic babysitter that's entered the oh child's my, life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's you're exactly right. The problem is is that, you know, just 2 years ago, mm-hmm. when I, when I when the whole thing came down with my daughter who was physically threatened her life was threatened, she was stalked on Facebook oh by text message. It was bad. You know, I was a, I was one of those clueless parents. Mm-hmm. I did not know what was happening until it was way it was just far gone and things go viral in the matter of, you know, hours. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, and that is really why I wrote the Parents Guide to Texting, Facebook, and Social Media because I wanted every parent out there to realize what they need to do as far as parenting around technology. Because if you don't know, you're you can get caught with literally with your pants down. And um, it's you know, it's a it's a tough thing. And mm-hmm. most parents think, oh, it's no big deal. And I don't need to really do anything here. But they're wrong because half of America's teens are are bullied using technology.
2: And, you know, I hate to say it, but it's the parents, the parent is part of the solution. I'm sorry, the parent is part of the problem by giving the child, you know, a piece of technology that they have not taught the do's and don'ts with.
0: You're absolutely right. That's one of my big things. Mm-hmm. kind of like handing a child a knife when they're five and exactly. saying, go ahead, cut the tomato. Exactly. You know, you got to teach them how to do it. you got you got to teach them how to exactly. drive a car. All these things sure. can be weapons if they're used the wrong mm-hmm.
2: way. So, so tell me, um, what are some of the signs that parents should look for?
0: I mean, they need to look for if their child all of a sudden starts pulling back from their social activity. Mm-hmm. If they start, you know... You know, I could tell, like with my daughter, first of all, she came home in tears, so it wasn't like she was trying to hide it. But they're emotional wrecks when it comes to when they're staring at their phone and they're on Facebook or they're texting. Um, you know, they, their grades slip. possibly. With my daughter, her grades did not slip, so that really wasn't um, a warning for us. You know, um, but really, you've got to start talking to your kids about this. You've got to start bringing up the conversations and talk about other things that are happening to other kids in the media. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's plenty of stories out there, whether it's sexting or cyberbullying or, you know, um, safety online from online predators. All of that stuff are all things that you can talk about and use it as a life lesson for your child to understand what to do and what not to do, um, you know, when they're using technology.
2: What are some of the preventative things, or suggestions that you have for parents who, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who may have children who are being cyberbullied, or maybe they have a neighbor whose child is being cyberbullied?
0: Yeah, well, a neighbor—shoot, it could just be anywhere in the sure. globally these days, you know. But the most important thing is to talk to your kids about how to block those kids. I mean, you block them on Facebook, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, really important is they need to know how to block. A cell phone number. So anyone who's texting them, they can call your wireless provider and you can block that cell phone number. And um, the other thing too, is talk to your kids about standing up and reporting those who, like let's say it is a neighbor who's getting picked on. You've got to stand up for that child because it just, it's very well possible that that child cannot stand up for themselves. They don't have the ability to, they just can't do it for whatever reason. They haven't gone to their parents because they're embarrassed Mm -hmm. and they don't want their parents to confiscate their technology. So it's up to our youth um, to really start standing up for those that are getting picked on.
2: Why isn't this being taught in the school systems?
0: Well, I really feel it's a lack of budget. And schools believe that they the only way really to teach now as far as curriculum available is to have someone in and, you know, like an adult in like myself and speak to the kids about um, how to use technology. And I, I got to tell you, I did that for a while and I thought, you know what, how, how am I really that relatable to a teenager to tell them what, what to do and what not to do? And so, you know, basically schools need the ability to have, um, they need to be able to have access to programs, education programs at a reasonable cost, you know, so that they can teach these kids cyber safety and all kinds of stuff, their online image, let's face it, they want to get a job, they want to go to college, guess what, all those admissions officers and and potential uh, employers are all going on Facebook and Mm -hmm. the internet and they're checking to see what their image is, what they look like, what's their online image.
2: If cyberbullying is uh, is a, is a, a crime, shouldn't law enforcement also be involved in this?
0: Oh yeah, and they and they are. Um, had I gone to the police and gotten a restraining order on the girls that were threatening my daughter, hmm. they would have definitely gotten involved. My problem was, like most parents, is that you don't take it serious in the beginning. You think, oh, that this is going to blow over. These are just kids. These are girls creating drama. These girls were expelled from school. So I thought, you know, my daughter's safe. They're not even at her school anymore. <laughs> But the reality is, like I said, it's, it doesn't. they don't need to be at your school. They can be anywhere. And, you know, with technology, it's so easy to reach out and just, you know, attack your prey that, um, unfortunately, you know, I, you know, my bad, you just, as a parent, you've just really got to take it very seriously and just get involved. And and the police will, they take they take it very seriously. They will get involved and they will help you.
2: Sean, please stand by. We've got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exo Nation, Sean Edgington is our special guest, W Dot noblechallenge.org and www.shawnedgington.com. She's the author of The Parent's Guide to Texting, Facebook, and Social Media. Cyberbullying, this hour here on the X-Zone. Don't go away.
0: My name is Michael Telstar, Canada's leading mentalist from Toronto, Ontario. Hi, my name is Bonza,
1: and you're listening to my dad, Rob McConnell, on the XM. This is Psychic Dorothy from St. Catharines, and you're listening to Rob McConnell...
0: Hello, my name is Holly Reeves, an astrologer from Astro for You, and you're listening to Canada's number 1 paranormal radio show, The X Zone, with Rob McConnell.
2: Welcome to The X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Cyberbullying is the topic this hour on the X-Zone. My name is Rob McConnell. My special guest is Sean Edgington. Her website's www.noblechallenge.org and www.seanedgington.com. What should a parent do, Sean, if they suspect that their child is being cyberbullied or their their child is a cyberbully?
0: Oh boy, that's a good one. So, which one do you want to tackle first? Let's go. Child, let's go so with go the ahead. defensive.
2: Let's go with my uh, the child who's being the parent whose child is being cyberbullied.
0: Okay. First thing you got to do is you got to talk about defensive measures at that point. Okay. So you got to you got to teach your kid how to um, block on Facebook mm-hmm. and on FormSpring or depending on where this is happening and report it to the site. All right. All right. That's number one. Number two, block on your cell phone. Mm-hmm. All right. You got to block the offenders. And then, depending on the situation, you might want to go into your school and talk to the administrator. I mean, does your child feel safe at school? And what's happening? Do you need to go to the police? Um, there is just there's so many different there depending on the situation. It's gonna it's the defense the defense tasks are gonna really really change. Um, the other thing is talk to your child often about what's happening, what's going on. Follow up, see if it's still happening. Depending on the age, you might need to go to the other parents. For me, my daughter was 16. I could not go to the other parents. Um, that was not even. She was a senior in high school. wasn't going to happen. Um, we did go to the school, however, and they were not able to do anything about it because the girl was um, expelled. So, you know, again, it was that was a situational mm-hmm. um, where, a situation for us that you know the, the school administration could do nothing about it. Um, she didn't want to drive her car anywhere because they knew it. They knew that um, they were after her car. So, I mean, it's, you know, she almost uh, was physically uh, beaten up. They were going to, they said they were going to kill her when they found her at a certain location at a certain day and she avoided that. And really, you know, you got to, you got these kids have got to, you know, really lean on their friends for help and support because a lot of times they're the ones that know what's going to happen ahead of time if something like that's going to happen. So communication is king. Um, The other thing is, before you allow your child to have access to Facebook or your cell phone, make sure you go through the rules, set your boundaries, and the consequences if they break them. I mean, you know, anyone who's under 13 should not have a Facebook account. It's against the rules. And we've got 7.5 million children under 13 on Facebook.
2: I would imagine it's rather hard for the people at Facebook to police this.
0: Oh, gosh, it's impossible because... The uh, teens, or I should say the tweens, they're they're lying about their age when they write when they make their account. And often, what I find out is, you know, I do a lot of fifth grade assemblies, and you know, seventy percent of these of these ten and eleven year olds have Facebook accounts. And then when you ask them how you know how many of their parents know they have a Facebook account, like mm-hmm. one or two hands go up. Wow. So the thing is, is they have cell phones and they can access their Facebook on their cell phone. They don't need to do it on a computer in front of their parents anymore, and so their parents aren't even aware they have a Facebook account. But
2: does but doesn't this raise the question once again as to whether or not kids really need these so, these these smartphones?
0: Yes. It, oh, it sure does. And in fact, I'm a huge proponent on another defensive Mm -hmm. measure is if you get your child a cell phone, first of all, you've got to, um, and they're young, you've got to eliminate their ability to send a a photo or a video because there's so, yeah, and it's free to do that. And there is so many, you just call your wireless provider on that because there are so many children that end up receiving a sexually explicit Mm -hmm. photograph, like 39% to give you an idea how many receive it. Yeah. And then also they, you know, they might forward it. To show someone, ah, look what I got, or what have you, but that's distribution of pornography and illegal and chargeable. So you don't want your child to accidentally, you know, forward, you know, something like that, or receive anything like that, or send anything like that. So just disable it, and they can't do it. Hmm. How's yeah. your
2: How's your daughter doing now?
0: You know, she's she's okay. She's still got some repercussions. One of the girls just came forward a few weeks ago, and apologized and said they really needed a scapegoat for someone to, they want someone to blame for them getting expelled from school. And so they picked her. They came to school drunk like three times in a row. Wow. So um, they were expelled from school and they wanted someone to blame. And she was a class officer and a cheerleader. And she had, you know, a 100 best friends. They chose her. And, um, you know, so that just kind of goes to show you that this can happen to any child. It's not, there's no stigma or, um, you know, it, you're, no child is immune is what I'm trying to say. It can happen to anyone because, and the reality is, is the mm-hmm. majority of these attacks go unreported to parents, teachers, and the authorities. So, I mean, you know, let's face it, we've, it's something that we all need to pay a lot of attention to.
2: What are the kids using Facebook for?
0: They're using it to see what's going on with their friends, to read their status updates, to look at photographs, to watch videos. Um, to send them, a, send them a message and you mean a group of these, You messages. mean
2: these things can't actually be done in person while they're at school?
0: Oh, they can be done at person in school, but this is how it's, you know, let's face it. They've got, I just saw a video last night, and it was, you don't have 893 friends. Mm-hmm. You, maybe you have four friends. And those four friends are the ones that you talk to and the ones that you trust. Mm-hmm. But do you really trust those 893 friends that you have on your Facebook? I mean, let's face it. We, you know, we don't know them. We don't, you know, especially when you're a teen, mm-hmm. you're, it's impossible for them to know 893 friends.
2: But aren't, so, is it, aren't, aren't the parents the ones who are actually putting the gun in the hands of the kid? Oh, like, absolutely. Like, like I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't personally condone giving a child a cell phone. I really don't. I, it makes no sense to me as a parent and as a former police officer. It makes no sense. You're asking for trouble. What you're doing is you're you're saying, all right, you can do all these things that I really don't want you to do, but you're going to do them away from home, so I don't know about it, so I'm shedding my responsibility of, of being your parent.
0: Right, and I noticed that you have a daughter as well. It mm-hmm. sounds like she's a little younger, and, you know, I got, a, I, got a, I got a phone call or an email, sorry, from a, from a parent up in um, Utah, mm-hmm. and his eight-year-old daughter had received a sex request on her cell phone. And so my first question is, what?
2: Yeah. Does an eight-year-old
0: what? girl have a cell phone for a smartphone, clearly? And then secondly, oh, my God, she got a sex request at the, at the age of eight from an eight-year-old, you know, boy in her class. And you know, it's if your child is too young to talk about sexting and all those things, then they're too young to have a cell phone. So, you either, if you're going to give them the cell phone, you got to give them the, you got to sit down and set the rules and talk about all those things. You're probably not but ready to talk about. Once again, and, but once yeah. again,
2: we don't have to give them what they no, want.
0: And don't have to give them what they want, and especially at such a young age. I mean, and are they paying for it? Because most parents are paying exactly for the phone and for the service. Sure. So you know, my daughter, my daughter got her cell phone, I believe, at 14, which is really, I mean, (laughs) the average age these days is like 11 and 12. That doesn't mean it. That doesn't mean
2: it's right just because the average age is 11 or 12. No,
0: it does not mean it's right. And you know, if and if you do, if your child, if you have a circumstance where Mm -hmm. you do have to have a child with a cell phone, like let's say you're a working mom, a single mom, and you have three jobs and you need to get a hold of your daughter after school or your son after school fine, then don't get them a smartphone or get them a phone. If you get them a smartphone, then limit the things they can do on it besides just call. That's possible.
2: Once again, maybe I'm old school, but if you've got a child that is that young, that needs that type of supervision, if you cannot be home as mom because there are so many social responsibilities these days, including paying for your kid's uh, cell phone, then why not have the child go to an aunt, an uncle? someone who is a responsible adult to take care of the child. Because even if the child is alone at home with a smartphone, with a telephone, with a computer, a lot of things can go wrong.
0: Well, yeah, and what I hear is parents use it more for when their child is, you know, waiting to be picked up after a sport of some sort at school where they're not at home with a phone. And so they don't want them sitting on the corner, you know, if mom is late from, you know, stuck in traffic or what have you. So it's really kind of more of an emergency uh, type of a situation for a child, but you're right. That I mean, to the, me, there, that, the know, ages, what is the right age.
2: You see, that to me isn't emer- isn't an emergency. That is a convenience for mom or dad.
0: Yes, it is. It's absolutely a convenience, um, and that's why you don't give them a phone that has mm-hmm. ability to do everything besides make our coffee in the morning. Um, and if you do, then you better restrict it internally. There's ways to do that. You can restrict all of their access if you feel like you want them to have a way. To get to you if there is an emergency.
2: Well, I still say the best way to get through any emergency is drop a dime in a phone and call nine one one.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I I'm I'm also a big believer of the um, GPS technology of a cell, that a cell phone has. So, you know, but that 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 makes me know? laugh
2: because so many people in today's society are paranoid that the government knows where they are because of. Of the chips in their in their uh, credit cards, their driver's license, uh, yeah. this that and the other thing, and yet they don't realize that their telephones can be tracked as GPS location devices as well.
0: Oh yeah, and that's one of the things that I warn parents because Facebook has the ability now to check in wherever you're standing, and if you have a 13 year old on Facebook and they're checking in mm-hmm. when they're at Starbucks or at the local uh, movie theater, uh, you know, and they have a lot of strangers in their network, which almost all of them do, then you're just, here you are showing every stranger in her network what she looks like, that she's standing alone, or where she is, and that is just, as, as you know, you're a police officer, that is just crazy.
2: All we're doing is we're inviting trouble. And yes, what and what really upsets me is is that modern technology is being used by parents as electronic babysitters, and it's a way for them, to, in my opinion, to shun their responsibilities.
0: Yeah, I mean I I I think I missed that boat cuz my children are now 19 and 17 mm-hmm. so I never used technology yeah. to for my children to babysit but I and I'm not I'm I'm you could be right it could be more video games and and what have you but all video games now have that social aspect where they all connect with people all around the world and there is so much bullying and crazy stuff happening through like Wii and PSP games. Mm-hmm. That you do i don't even want to talk about that. That is a whole different big mess. That these boys are getting um, propositioned and <laughs> talked to by strangers that are in another country. Even
2: okay. So, so what? If I understand what we're saying to be correct, is that not only does cyberbully happen with cell phones and uh, and smartphones, but also on the the game, the games, the Wii games, and and other forms of technology that kids are using.
0: Yep, it sure does. And so. You know, and sometimes, you know, often parents don't even realize that these things are connected, that they're connected to the Internet, and they're basically a f- online forum. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, innocently enough, it was supposed to be where you could play whatever, chess or war games with right. someone, you know, in, in another country or across the street. It wouldn't matter. Um, but the reality is, is that there are some seriously bad things happening through gaming online, and because um, there's you know there's some crazy people out there just using technology to their advantage yeah. to find someone who is desperate who they will, who will meet them in person, and um, and who wants to talk to someone who's lonely. So, don't let your child lose sight in a game. You know lose 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 sight in a game because there's bad stuff going on there too.
2: What are the manufacturers and what are the um... The providers doing to curtail cyberbullying, whether it 's on a Wii game or whether it 's on a smartphone
0: mm-hmm. well, I don't know what they're doing. I think that's again it's I think it's the parent responsibility to make sure that either a doesn't connect to the internet or b they've talked to their kids about allowing strangers and what what to do when someone mm-hmm. approaches them through a game. Um, I do know that regarding the, the challenge, the great American noble challenge we've got. Sponsors like um, Formspring and Facebook involved in our campaign because they do believe that um, bullying is, is a problem on social networks and that that is not what their network was built to be, and that they are one hundred percent behind anything that has to do with teaching kids how to stand up, and how to defend and how to react, and also to become just more aware of what can happen online.
2: Hmm. So, how has the response been by kids to your challenge?
0: You know, it's been really amazing. We've got we've got just, and especially the teachers too. We've got hundreds and hundreds of kids that have registered to create their video. They have until now. They have from now until March 14th to create this two to five minute video. And we've got some videos in where we've got 50 kids in one video participating. And you know, it's a lot of them. They make you want to cry because they're just so sad. And but these kids are just they're brilliant. They know how to send a message in a very powerful way using video. They all love using video. And so we feel like we're using the arts, you know, in a positive way to help create change at a grassroots level. I mean, we, we understand that if we're going to have youth If we want the youth to change in the way they react to bullying and the way they handle bullying, then they're the ones that are going to have to learn about it and know what to do. It's not really going to be us, you know, hammering it down and telling them what to do and what not to do. Yes, it helps, but they've got to understand also what happens and what the repercussions are.
2: All right, Sean, stand by. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. XO Nation's Sean Edgington is our special guest, www.nobowlchallenge.org and www.shawnedgington.com I don't know I'm so happy I grew up in the era that I did
0: I know <sighs> so much easier
2: it's so much easier you and I will be right back don't go away the smell donation, uh, our guest this hour is Sean Edgington www.noblechallenge.org and www.seanedgington.com that's s h a w n e d g i n g t o n .com You know with the way technology is advancing Sean how are we going to keep up with this problem because I'm sure the next the next generation of technology comes out we're going to be faced with a different form of bullying.
0: Yeah we are and you know that's one great thing about our campaign is it is every Mm -hmm. year um, it's an annual event and so you know we we plan on really evolving with the way technology evolves and hitting the hot points uh, whatever is necessary to help educate our um, middle and high school students on how to deal with this stuff. So, and you know, we've we've really tried to make this event exciting. Um, Fifteen of our finalists will be selected by a panel of experts to attend the Noble Teen Video Awards show in San Francisco, promoted by Live Nation. So, it's going to be very much and a you know a live concert, lots of artists, red carpet, and the spotlight's going to shine on these students who made films pertaining to you know, no more bullying, and offer them a chance to win thousands of dollars. And so we, you know, our goal is mm-hmm. to continue this every year and to inspire, you know, teens and tweens everywhere to really that they do have a choice and they, now, they don't have to deal with this. Okay.
2: How much does it cost a school to participate in this?
0: Nothing. It's, it's absolutely free. Mm-hmm. And in fact, we provide the teachers and the students of a complete toolkit, a resource, you know, 20-page toolkit that they can download and it gives them everything they need to know on bullying, cyberbullying, mm-hmm. and ideas on how to make their film. And, you know, tips and tricks and, you know, just basically everything they need to know on how to do it. And it's absolutely free.
2: Sean, it's been great talking to you today. I, uh, I wish you the very best of luck. I think you've got something great going here. And uh, let our listeners know one more time how they can contact you and find out more about the Great American No Challenge.
0: So go to NoBullChallenge.org, and um, you can find everything you need there. And even if you just want to download the toolkits and um, learn more about uh, cyberbullying and bullying and what you can do to prevent it and deal with it when it's occurring in your school or in your home, do that. We've got toolkits for parents and teachers and one for students.
2: Sean, thanks very much for joining us. Great talking to you, and I look forward to talking to you in the future.
0: Great. Thanks for having me.
2: All right. Take care now. That's it, Exxon uh, Nation. We've been talking about cyberbullying this hour. Our guest has been Sean Edgington. Once again, the websites are www.noboldchallenge.org and www.seanedgington.com. That's it for tonight. That's it for this week. It's uh, Friday here in the Exxon I'll be back Monday at 10 o'clock as once again we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the X-Zone. So from everyone here and to everyone out there, always remember, help each other out. You are your brother's keeper. And always keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. Good night, everyone.
1: The